Hi, Dave Emery here. This is For the Record Program number 1191, the Oswald Institute of Virology, Part 9, a politically useful tool. This is being recorded on July 7th of the year 2021. Before we get into the main body of the broadcast, three links, uh, all at the top of each program description, all at the top of each uh, for the uh, food for thought post, one link will enable you to subscribe to the comments made uh, to various programs and posts. Most of those by our expert contributing editor Tara Fractal. Another link will enable you to subscribe to the podcast that is being generated by uh, sister station WFMU. So if podcasting is the best way for you to consume the program, there is a link for you to do that courtesy of WFMU. And also a link that will enable you to obtain the 32 gigabyte flash drive containing all of my life's work on it. I get no money from that project. Now, the title of the program, of course, refers to what I had termed the Oswald Institute of Virology, uh, better known as the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, which I believe was set up to take the fall for the COVID-19 op in a intelligence and propaganda manner, not unlike the manner in which Lee Harvey Oswald was painted red, portrayed as a communist, and then Oswald being a U.S. intelligence officer, he was left out in the cold frame for killing JFK and himself killed before he could mount an effective defense. By the same token, I think that just as the SARS-CoV-2 virus was in all probability synthesized in this country using the state-of-the-art technique described in a 2018 Guardian article. Uh, I believe that the uh, framing of the, the WIV is part of that same operation. In our last program, we talked about Philip Zelico. Uh, by the way, I mispronounced his last name. Most of my information comes from printed sources. In fact, just about all of it. I don't really do much perusing of broadcast material. And as many times as I had seen Philip Zelico's name, I'd never heard it pronounced. His name, uh, Z-E-L-I-K-O-W, is pronounced Zelico. Uh, it rhymes with go. Now, he was not only the author of the systematically uh, omitting 9-11 report, uh, so systematically that it might be termed the, uh, the 9-11 commission might be termed the omission commission. He also was the crafter in large part, the author in large part of a document called NSS uh, 2022. NSS rather 02. Uh, that was, maybe it was NSS 2002. In any event, shortly after the September 11th attacks, the 
National Security Posture and Policy, advocated by the Project for a New American Century, was realized in part through reaction to the September 11th attacks and the overlapping anthrax uh, incidents as well. That Philip Zelico was the author in considerable measure of the document which enshrined the PNAC uh, advocacy for U.S. national security policy and also was the driving force behind the 9-11 Commission and its uh, systematically, according to Peter Dale Scott, uh, faulty uh, report again so full systematically faulty according to many including uh, the brilliant Peter Dale Scott that it might be termed the omission commission what this program uh, is going to be looking at we are once again going to be examining COVID-19 I'm going to move on to a discussion by a long overdue historical discussion of China and in particular the narco-fascism of Chiang Kai-shek and the Kuomintang. But I think it is important to uh, go into this material uh, now as well. Now the title, the Oswald Institute of Virology, the second part of the title is a politically useful tool, uh, refers to a passage from part of the Project for a New American Century's document, Rebuilding America's Defenses. That advocacy position was, as I have said, then enshrined. It was formally codified in a paper uh, that was largely authored by Philip Zellico. Reading now some key excerpts from an article that we have used many times, a very, very important uh, blog piece by Whitney Webb from the last American Vagabond of January 30th of 2020. Bats, Dream Editing, and Bioweapons. Recent DARPA experiments raise concerns amid coronavirus outbreak. Again, this is by Whitney Webb. And uh, a key passage of the Project for a New American Century's Rebuilding America's Defenses, Dealing with Biological Warfare and uh, Genetically Modified Biological Warfare Weapons that are ethno-specific. It reads as follows. In what is arguably the think tank's most controversial document, titled Rebuilding America's Defenses, there are a few passages that openly discuss the utility of bioweapons, including the following sentences. Combat likely will take place in new dimensions, in space, cyberspace, and perhaps the world of microbes, advanced forms of biological warfare that can, quote, target, unquote, specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. Again, that is the second part of the title. It is a reference to biological warfare, which is uh, forbidden by a, an international convention, but we have been doing it anyway. Uh, advanced forms of biological, reading the whole phrase, advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. 
And I believe that not only SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, COVID-19 pandemic it has produced, but also uh, the lab leak hypothesis, which Philip Zellico will be, uh, quote, investigating, unquote, as uh, head of a new commission, this one to investigate COVID-19. Uh, I believe that the COVID-19 op with many targeted positions in mind is the ultimate manifestation of biological warfare as a politically useful tool if you wish to discredit China and to hang a huge propaganda albatross around China's neck in order to uh, alienate the rest of the world from China and to isolate China. Uh, COVID-19 is a great way to do it and the uh, lab leak hypothesis uh, a, an essential feature of that. Other aspects of the uh, Whitney Webb article deal with biological warfare and indications that using uh, tailored biological warfare weapons to target specific genotypes is actually underway, something that would basically uh, be genocidal and would represent genocide, uh, biogenocide, as a politically useful tool, unquote, Returning again to the Whitney Webb article, since the Pentagon began redesigning its policies and research towards a long war with Russia and China, the Russian military has accused the U.S. military of harvesting DNA from Russians as part of a covert bioweapon program, a charge that the Pentagon has adamantly denied. Major General Igor Kirillov, K-R-I-L-L-O-V, the head of the Russian military's Radiation Chemical and Biological Protection Unit, who made these claims, also asserted that the U.S. was developing such weapons in close proximity to Russian and Chinese borders. China has also accused the U.S. military of harvesting DNA from Chinese citizens with ill intentions, such as when 200,000 Chinese farmers were used in 12 genetic experiments without informed consent. Those experiments had been conducted by Harvard researchers as part of a U.S. government-funded project. And in addition... It says, in addition, one preliminary study on the coronavirus responsible for the current outbreak found that the receptor, angiotensin-converting enzyme 2 or ACE2, is not only the same as that used by the SARS coronavirus, but that East Asians present a much higher ratio of long cells that express that receptor than the other ethnicities, Caucasian and African American, included in the study. The U.S. Air Force published a document entitled Biotechnology, Genetically Engineered Pathogens, unquote, which contains the following passage. The Jason Group, composed of academic scientists, served as technical advisors to the U.S. government. Their study generated six broad classes of genetically engineered pathogens that could pose serious threats to society. These include, but are not limited to, binary biological weapons, designer genes, gene therapy as a weapon, stealth viruses, host-swapping diseases, and designer diseases. 
and uh, a speculative element. We have uh, speculated about uh, the possibility of gene drive technology described as an exterminationist technology being utilized either in, con- in conjunction with genetically modified viruses or bacteria uh, or perhaps in terms of uh, in introducing that technology into a vaccine or inoculation of some kind discussion of that in the Last American Vagabond Whitney Webb article. Concerns about Pentagon experiments with biological weapons have garnered renewed media attention, particularly after it was revealed in 2017 that the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, or DARPA, was was the top funder of the controversial gene drive technology, which has the power to permanently alter the genetics of entire populations while targeting others for extinction. At least two of DARPA's studies using this controversial technology were classified and, quote, focused on the potential military applications of gene drive technology and the use of gene drives in agriculture, according to media reports. The revelation came after an organization called the ETC Group obtained over 1,000 emails on the military's interest in the technology as part of a Freedom of Information Act request. Co-director of the ETC group, Jim Thomas, said that this technology may be used as a biological weapon. Quote, gene drives are a powerful and dangerous new technology and potential biological weapons could have disastrous impacts on peace, food security, and the environment, particularly if misused. The fact that gene drive development is now being primarily funded and structured by the U.S. military raises alarming questions about this entire field. And uh, bearing in mind the uh, possible uh, significance of some of those passages from the Whitney Webb blog article that I read, uh, for the politically useful tool of genetically engineered and ethno-specific biological weapons, uh, we're going to uh, recap a short section of an article that we've used in, for the record, program 686, and again in number 1115. This is from Covert Action Information Bulletin number 39 from the winter of 1991 and 92. The article is by Richard Hatch, H-A-T-C-H. It's called Cancer Warfare, National Cancer Institute, and the Fort Detrick Link. And what it talks about is vaccine development uh, as uh, a component of biological warfare research and as basically something that can be seen as a fundamental element of said research. Richard Hatch writes, In addition, from 1968 to 1970, Pfizer, the same company, by the way, that co-produces with BioNTech, the the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine, one more time, in addition from 1968 to 1970, Pfizer had a contract for scale production and evaluation of staphylococcal enterotoxoid B for the U.S. Army Biological Warfare Program. Staphylococcal enterotoxoid, one more time, staphylococcal 
Enteropoxoid is a protective vaccine against a bacteria toxin which was part of the U.S. arsenal. The production of vaccine against a stockpile BW weapon must be considered an offensive biological warfare project, according to MIT scientists Harley Strauss and Jonathan King. Quote, These steps, the generation of a potential biological warfare agent, development of a vaccine against it, testing of the efficacy of the vaccine, are all components that would be associated with an offensive biological warfare program. Clearly, without an antidote or vaccine to attacking troops, the utility of a stockpiled biological warfare agent would be seriously limited. Now, in that regard, uh, first of all, uh, looking at some of the work that uh, Ralph Barrich was involved in, he uh, performed some gain-of-function-style uh, research on a bat-borne coronavirus and published a paper with uh, Xi Zheng Li of the Oswald, I call the Oswald Institute of Virology. But the research was conducted in North Carolina in an article from KHN-TV, uh, this by Arthur Allen, to the Batcave. In search of COVID's origins, scientists reignite polarizing debate on Wuhan lab leak. And in a, it says, critics have jumped on this paper. That was the one co-published with Xi Zheng Li and uh, that would be, uh, from the WIV. Critic, critics have jumped on this paper. We've spoken about it many times. As evidence that she was conducting, quote, gain of function, unquote, experiments that could have created a superbug, but she denies it. The research cited in the paper was conducted in North Carolina. And skipping down. Using a similar technique in 2017, Barrett's lab showed that Rindisavir, currently the only licensed drug for treating COVID could be useful in fighting coronavirus infections. That again in 2017. Barrich also helped test the Moderna COVID vaccine and a leading new drug candidate against COVID. Well, we have looked at the development of Rindisavir to originally treat uh, Ebola. It was not very effective in treating Ebola. It did, however, produce by Gilead Sciences, a biotechnology company with strong links to the National Security Establishment and uh, whose chairman of the board for many years was the recently deceased Donald Rumsfeld, who went on to become George W. Bush's uh, Secretary of Defense and was Secretary of Defense when the uh, PNAC military program was basically codified and put into effect in the paper largely authored by Philip Zelico. In past programs, including for the record 1138, we've looked at the fact that there was a program that was being conducted at the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases at Fort Detrick, in which rhesus macaques were being infected with Ebola, and the, the uh, aforementioned remdesivir was being tested on them. The USAMRIID was shut down in early August of 2019 on the cusp of the pandemic. We do not know exactly what was going on, and I doubt that we will. Our military and CIA are quite simply 
uh, beyond the law and uh, beyond beyond the reach of the law and beyond the reach of uh, journalism to a large extent. But we do know that uh, there were unspecified uh, special agents, uh, or I forgot what the exact term was, but that certain specific pathogens unnamed for national security reasons were being tested at USAMRIID. Whether that was Ebola, because some of the uh, safety lapses involved improper disposal of waste from non-human primates, or whether perhaps there was coronavirus research going on at the USAMRIID. In part, the development of remdesivir could be seen as no more than six degrees of the proverbial six degrees of separation from what was discussed there by uh, Harley Strauss and Jonathan King as reported in the Richard Hatch article, namely the uh, development of a medical treatment or vaccine for a stockpiled BW agent. And by the same token, with Ralph Barrich working with Xi Zheng Li on papers involving genetically modifying bat-borne coronaviruses, and then having worked in 2017 on the application of remdesivir to coronavirus infections, that also could be seen as no more than six degrees of separation from the scenario presented by uh, Strauss and Jonathan King in the Richard Hatch paper. Uh, we note in that regard from a New York Times article from November 18th of 2020 discussed in for the record 1166. Remdesivir predates this pandemic. It was first considered as a potential treatment for Ebola and was developed through a long-standing partnership between the U.S. Army and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And in the book Gene Wars by Keith Yamamoto and uh, the very same uh, by, by uh, uh, Keith Yamamoto and uh, a uh, uh, another author whose name escapes me offhand, but that is in for the record 1166. Jonathan King is quoted as saying, King, who has chaired the microbial physiology study for the NIH, believes that without intensive independent scrutiny, the Pentagon is free to obscure its true goals. The, the Defense Department appears to be pursuing many narrow applied goals that are by nature offensive, such as the genetic improvement of BW agents, King says. But to achieve political acceptability, they mask these intentions under forms of research, such as vaccine development, which sound defensive. That again from Gene Wars by Charles Puller and Keith Yamamoto and presented in, among other programs, for the record 11 66. Now, in that same for the record 1166, we looked at a New York Times article from November 22nd of 2020 about the Moderna uh, vaccine and its development, which predated the pandemic and which was underwritten by DARPA to a considerable extent, as mentioned in that uh, aforementioned Whitney Webb article from The Last American Vagabond. From the New York Times of November 22nd of 2020, Moderna's team was headed by a Defense Department official whom company executives described only as the major, unquote, saying they don't know if his name is supposed to be a secret. 
the head of product development, Monseth Slawi, was in charge of Operation Warp Speed to uh, fast track vaccine development for COVID-19. A New York Times article from November 27th of 2020 also discussed like the previous two uh, New York Times articles from November 18th and November 22nd discussed in for the record 1166. Score, speaking of Operation Warp Speed, headed up by former Moderna Chief of Product Development, Monseth Slawi, scores of Defense Department officials are laced through the government offices involved in the effort, making up a large portion of the federal personnel devoted to the effort. Those numbers have led some current and former officials at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to privately grumble that the military's role in Operation Warp Speed was too large for a task that is, at its core, a public health campaign. And General Gustav Perna was uh, the chief lieutenant for Monsef Slawi in Operation Warp Speed, and uh, he also was greatly assisted not only by the uh, large number of military personnel here, again, the squad as laced throughout the program. Frankly, it has, that is to say, Operation Warp Speed, Frankly, it has been breathtaking to watch, said Paul Ostrowski, the Director of Supply, Production, and Distribution for Operation Warp Speed. He is a retired Army Lieutenant General who was selected to manage logistics for the program by General Gustav F. Perna, the Chief Operating Officer for Operation Warp Speed. Uh, General Perna is a four-star general and a former lieutenant general uh, in the Army. Paul Ostrowski was in charge of director of, as director of supply production and distribution. And still another passage from that very same uh, November 27, 2020, New York Times article. Military officials came up with the clever idea, if it works, to coordinate the delivery of vaccines to drugstores, medical centers, and other immunization sites by sending kits full of needles, syringes, and alcohol wipes. Vaccine makers will be alerted when the kits arrive at an immunization site so they know to ship doses. Once the first dose is given, the manufacturer will be notified so it can send a second dose with a patient's name attached several weeks later. The military will also monitor vaccine distribution through an operations center. Quote, they will know where every vaccine dose is, Mr. Paul Mango said on a call with reporters. Uh, the point being not only that the Moderna vaccine was being uh, underwritten in large measure by DARPA, a military research uh, organization, but other aspects not only of the development of vaccines but also of uh, remdesivir are not only fundamentally or inextricably linked, I should say, with the military, but some of them predate the SARS-CoV pandemic and are, as I said, and thus 
no more than six degrees of separation, the proverbial six degrees of separation, perhaps less than that, from the scenario and then uh, advanced by Harley Strauss and Jonathan King in that Richard Hatch article from Covert Action Information Bulletin from the winter of 1991 and 1992. And again, I think uh, some of that uh, needs to be analyzed against the background of the development of biological warfare, and in this case, SARS-CoV-2, as, quote, a politically useful tool. Now, uh, there is an ongoing, uh, and really I should say not ongoing, but it is gaining momentum, uh, the lab leak hypothesis, which uh, began under the Trump administration, is being continued by, by via the deep state into the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration. And uh, we are seeing yet uh, articles uh, from the right-wing press and from veterans of the Trump uh, effort at making uh, the hanging the SARS COV2 biological warfare albatross, so to speak, around China's neck. Uh, Those efforts are continuing. In a Vanity Fair piece from June 3rd of 2021 that we have used in several programs, uh, there is a Trump a former Trump official named David Asher, now a fellow at the right-wing Hudson Institute and a former State Department advisor. He co-authored a fact sheet last January on activity inside the lab, and that uh, in part generated the deep state effort being carried over from the Trump administration into the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration uh, vis-a-vis the lab leak hypothesis. There is an article that uh, we we're not going to read the entire article due to the due to the limitations of time, but it comes from Fox News of June 29th of 2021. It is by Edmund Demarch, capital D E, capital M A R C A P, Wuhan virologist who worked on bat coronaviruses tied to military scientists. Report says. And uh, this is an article that uh, has received a fair amount of distribution. It comes, of course, from Fox News. And the key aspects of it, there is a link to the Fox News website, and uh, much of the text is reproduced here. But key points to note in this. Uh, Asher reportedly told NBC News that he is, quote, confident, unquote, that the Chinese military was funding a, quote, secret program, unquote, that involved Xi Jinping's coronavirus research at the WIV. And according to Asher, again, former Trump State Department official and now working for the right-wing Hudson Institute, she reportedly worked with two military scientists at the lab. And uh, that is not surprising in and of itself, given that the the vast bulk of biological warfare research is inherently dual use. But notice this. Asher claims that he was told this by several foreign researchers who worked at the WIV and who saw some personnel there in military guard. 
Well, if in fact there were personnel and military guard, uh, they apparently didn't think it was important enough not to wear military clothing during their secret research at the research facility intended for, for civilian use only. As I've noted, there certainly was a lot of work on bat-borne coronaviruses, including uh, genetic modification of same. There is a technical or let's say, gap uh, vis-a-vis what is actually, quote, gain-of-function, unquote, research and some of the genetic modification. And there has been a fair amount of misuse of the term, and some of that, I uh, have to uh, confess, comes from yours true. I can't say if I've misused the term, but my understanding was that genetically manipulating a an infectious microorganism to see if it becomes more infectious is gain-of-function research. Uh, There may be some technical quibbles with that, but there certainly was genetic modification of some of these bat-borne coronaviruses at the WIV, and it was out in the open in terms of the publication of the genomes. There didn't appear to be anything secretive of that, and as we have noted in many programs in the Oswald Institute of Virology series, once the genome is published, it can be then uh, resynthesized or synthesized from scratch using contemporary technology and or modified from scratch using contemporary technology. And as we have seen, uh, the EcoHealth Alliance, whose chief funding sources are Pentagon and USAID, uh, underwrote much of that research at WIV, and there were other military institutions involved with the bat-borne coronavirus research at WIV. Then when that research yielded the publication of papers with the genomes uh, for these viruses, that was, in effect, using the contemporary technology discussed in the Guardian article from June of 2018. Perhaps it was from September, but in any case, the 2018 uh, Guardian article by Ian Sample that we've used many times. That, in effect, stocks the Biological Warfare magazine for any institution willing to then go ahead and synthesize and or modify those genomes. Now, back to the Fox News article. We are not told the identity of these, quote, foreign researchers who allegedly saw this. We aren't being told by the same token if Asher meant, quote, foreign researchers, i.e. non-Chinese researchers working at the WIV, so foreign to China, or Chinese researchers working at the WIV, so foreign to Asher. And uh, she's research could be characterized, as noted, as funded by the U.S. military through the EcoHealth Alliance collaboration. And, above all else, keep in mind that this uh, claim by David Asher is based on anonymous sources who may or may not exist, but are claimed by Asher to exist. And this, of course, uh, brings to mind the certainty that not only do various U.S. government officials lie, like many other politicians around the world, but that our own media and our own intelligence services have an absolutely abysmal record uh, vis-a-vis honesty. What is very interesting uh, about that particular article is that there is 
another article that uh, has an interview with the what is described as the last and only foreign scientist at the Wuhan lab. This is a highly regarded uh, biologist named uh, virologist named Danielle D A N I E L E Anderson. She is uh, originally from Australia. The article that we will excerpt here is from Bloomberg News of June 27th of 2021. The last and only foreign scientist in the Wuhan lab speaks out. This is by Mitchell, M-I-C-H-E-L-L, Faye Cortez, C-O-R-T-E-Z, or perhaps it's Michelle, and uh, the E was left off. But anyway, M-I-C-H-E-L-L, Faye Cortez, whatever the gender of the author. Again, from Bloomberg, from June 27th of 2021. The last and only foreign scientist in the Wuhan lab speaks out. Danielle Anderson was working in what has become the world's most notorious laboratory just weeks before the first known cases of COVID-19 emerged in central China. Yet the Australian virologist still wonders what she missed. An expert in bat-borne viruses, Anderson is the only foreign scientist to have undertaken research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology's BSL-4 lab, the first in mainland China equipped to handle the planet's deadliest pathogens. Her most recent stint ended in November of 2019, giving Anderson an insider's perspective on a place that has become a flashpoint in the search for what caused the worst pandemic in a century. Skipping down. The U.S. has questioned the lab's safety and alleged its scientists were engaged in contentious gain-of-function research that manipulated viruses in a manner that could have made them more dangerous. And again, that was funded in large measure by EcoHealth Alliance, whose chief funding sources are the Pentagon and USAID, and one of whose top advisors is David France, the former commanding officer of Fort Detrick. Continuing. It is a stark contrast to the place Anderson described in an interview with Bloomberg News, the first in which she has shared details about working at the lab. Half-truths and distorted information have obscured an accurate accounting of the lab's functions and activities, which were more routine than how they have been portrayed in the media, she said. Quote, It's not that it was boring, but it was a regular lab that worked in the same way as any other high-containment lab, Anderson said. What people are saying is just not how it is, unquote. Now at Melbourne's Peter Doherty Institute for Infection and Immunity, Anderson began collaborating with Wuhan researchers in 2016 when she was scientific director of the biosafety lab at Singapore's Duke NUS Medical School. Her research, which focuses on why lethal viruses like Ebola and Nipah cause no disease in the bats in which they perpetually circulate, complemented studies underway at the Chinese Institute, which offered funding to encourage international collaboration, again, including the EcoHealth Alliance, Pentagon USAID link that I talked about, and other Pentagon-funded research into bat-borne coronaviruses at WIV and elsewhere. Skipping down again. 
Anderson was on the ground in Wuhan when experts believed the virus, now known as SARS-CoV-2, was beginning to spread. Daily visits for a period in late 2019 put her in close proximity to many others working at the 65-year-old research center. She was part of a group that gathered each morning at the Chinese Academy of Sciences to catch a bus that shuffled them to the Institute about 20 miles away. As the sole foreigner, Anderson stood out, and she said the other researchers there looked out for her. We went to dinners together, lunches. We saw each other outside of the lab, she said. From her first visit before it formally opened in 2018, Anderson was impressed with the Institute's maximum biocontainment lab. The concrete bunker-style building has the highest biosafety designation and requires air, water, and waste to be filtered and sterilized before it leaves the facility. There were strict protocols and requirements aimed at containing the pathogens being studied, Anderson said, and researchers underwent 45 hours of training to be certified to work independently in the lab. The induction process required scientists to demonstrate their knowledge of containment procedures and their competency in wearing air-pressured suits. It's very very extensive, unquote, Amberson said. Entering and exiting the facility was a carefully choreographed endeavor, she said. Departures were made especially intricate by a requirement to take both a chemical shower and a personal shower, the timings of which were precisely planned. Skipping down again. Anderson said no one she knew at the Wuhan Institute was ill toward the end of 2019. This uh, following the uh, allegation that we have seen in many articles, including the uh, aforementioned Vanity Fair article and a Wall Street Journal article that uh, was co-authored by Michael R. Gordon, who also uh, was uh, one of the journalistic point elements in hoping to traffic around the Saddam Hussein nuclear weapons production effort that led in part to the U.S. invasion of Iraq when Donald Trump, uh, when Donald Trump, when Donald Rumsfeld was Secretary of Defense. Uh, resuming, Anderson said no one she knew at the Wuhan Institute was ill toward the end of 2019. Moreover, there is a procedure for reporting symptoms that correspond with the pathogens handled in high-risk containment labs. If people were sick, I assume that I would have been sick and I wasn't, she said. I was tested for coronavirus in Singapore before I was vaccinated and had never had it. Not only that, many of Anderson's collaborators in Wuhan came to Singapore at the end of December for a gathering on Nipah virus. There was no word of any illness sweeping the laboratory, he said. There was no chatter, Anderson said. Scientists are gossipy and excited. Quote, scientists are gossipy and excited. There was nothing strange from my point of view going on at that point that would make you think something is going on here, unquote. The names of the scientists reported to have been hospitalized haven't been disclosed. The Chinese government and Xi Zhengli, the lab's now famous bat virus researcher, have repeatedly denied that anyone from the facility contracted COVID-19.
19. I'm skipping down again. The Wuhan Institute of Virology is large enough that Anderson said she didn't know that everyone, she didn't know what everyone was working on at the end of 2019. She is aware of published research from the lab that involved testing viral components for their propensity to infect human cells. Anderson is convinced no virus was made intentionally to infect people and deliberately released, one of the more disturbing theories to have emerged about the pandemic's origins. Anderson did concede that it would be theoretically possible for a scientist in the lab to be working on a gain-of-function technique to unknowingly infect themselves and to then unintentionally infect others in the community. But there is no evidence that occurred, and Anderson rated its likelihood as exceedingly slim. Getting authorization to create a virus in this way <clears throat> typically requires many layers of approval, and there are scientific best practices that put strict limits on this kind of work. Even if such a gain-of-function effort got clearance, it's hard to achieve, Anderson said. The technique is called reverse genetics. Quote, it's exceedingly difficult to actually make it work when you want it to work, she said. Despite this, Anderson does think an investigation is needed to nail down the virus's origin once and for all. She is dumbfounded by the portrayal of the lab by some media outside China and the toxic attacks on scientists that have ensued. One of a dozen experts appointed to an international task force in November to study the origins of the virus Anderson has not sought public attention, especially since being targeted by U.S. extremists in early 2020 after she, export, she exposed false information about the pandemic posted online. One more time. One of the dozen experts appointed to an international task force in November to study the origins of the virus, Anderson has not sought public attention especially since being targeted by U.S. extremists in early 2020 after she exposed false information about the pandemic posted online. The vitriol that ensued prompted her to file a police report. The threats of violence many coronavirus scientists have experienced over the past 18 months have made them hesitant to speak out because of the risk that their words will be misconstrued. Again, the threats of violence many coronavirus scientists have experienced over the past 18 months have made them hesitant to speak out because of the risk that their words will be misconstrued. I don't think it is much of a leap to uh, see those violent threats as coming from the Trumpist right, but really that is giving them a bad rap. Uh, the lab leak hypothesis uh, began under the Trump administration, but the deep state is carrying it over into the Oswald, into the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration. However, I think against the background of the, these threats against coronavirus researchers and, uh, notice that Danielle Anderson is part of an international task force appointed in November, uh, I don't think it is much of a reach to seize those threats as sort of a uh, 
biological or virological McCarthyism, uh, in which basically political vitriol is being used to suppress objective expression in this regard. Uh, the point of the article being that at least as Danielle Anderson was able to determine, it does not look like uh, the lab leak hypothesis is on very solid ground. And uh, it also calls into question who were the foreign researchers, unquote, what does David Asher mean by that reference? An article that, frankly, scared the fresh fertilizer out of me, and also that brings to mind the passage from the Richard Hatch Covert Action article that we looked at earlier, quoting Harley Strauss and Jonathan King, and discussing vaccine research for stockpiled uh, BW agents as an offensive gambit. Uh, the military slang term bohica comes to mind. That is a vulgar somewhat vulgar, not radio <laughs> prohibit the vulgar, but a vulgar military slang term, uh, B-O-H-I-C-A, standing for bend over, here it comes again. Although perhaps in this regard we should uh, say roll up your sleeve, here it comes again. This is from the Defense One blog of June 21st of 2021. It is by Tara, P-A-R-A, COP, C-O-P-P. Listen to this and think about this. This may not be the big one. Army scientists warn of deadlier pandemics to come. Uh-oh, says Dave. What I'm wondering, of course, is uh, is this exactly what they have in mind? I have been afraid of something like this and have discussed this with various uh, associates that... Uh, what we're seeing with COVID-19 is just the beginning and that much deadlier viruses are going to follow. That may be the implication here. And one of the things I wonder is, in fact, is that exactly what is intended? With regard to the Moderna vaccine, it is a uh, obviously a messenger RNA vaccine. It was being developed for use against sars COV and other coronaviruses, and then because of the manner in which messenger RNA viruses uh, or vaccines rather are made, it was easily switched over in a matter of a few days to uh, development for use against the SARS COV2 virus that causes COVID 19. That again, in light of the DARPA underwriting of Moderna research and the DARPA underwriting of research into uh, bat-borne coronaviruses in China in particular could be seen as no more than six degrees of separation, if that, from the Harley Strauss and Jonathan King prognostication in the Richard Hatch article that we have looked at. And I am wondering if this new sort of one-size-fits-all nanoparticle uh, coronavirus vaccine that the military is testing, I wonder if they have other things in mind. Again, the article is titled, This May Not Be the Big One. Army scientists, one more time, This May Not Be the Big One, unquote. Army scientists warn of deadlier pandemics to come. By Tarakop Defense One, June 21st, 2021. Uh-oh, says Dave. The service is closing in on a pan-coronavirus, unquote, vaccine 
and on synthetic antibodies that could protect a population before spread. But that may not be enough. For U.S. Army scientists who have spent the last year finding vaccines and therapeutics to stop COVID-19, cautioned that the nation remains vulnerable to a viral pandemic, one that could be even deadlier than the current one. Since the earliest days of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Emerging Infectious Diseases Branch at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research has worked to develop a vaccine that would help patients fend off not only the original virus strain, but also new variants. In initial tests on monkeys, horses, hamsters, and sharks, Walter Reed's spike ferritin nanoparticle, or SPFN, vaccine has shown effectiveness not only against the current SARS-CoV-2 variants, but also against the completely different SARS-CoV-1 outbreak that occurred in 2003. The head of Walter Reed's Infectious Diseases Branch said at the Defense One 2021 Tech Summit Monday. Skipping down. Walter Reed's vaccine is now in the early stages of human trials. And skipping to the last sickness and technical information about the development of the vaccine, there is a very interesting conclusion to this article. The uh, heading for the subhead for this conclusion of the article is, if the lab leak theory is right, what's next? Question mark. There is no reference in what I'm about to read to the lab leak theory. So I'm wondering if basically uh, we are supposed to read between the lines. And if, in fact, that's the case, uh, what we're reading does not look good. Again, the subhead, if the lab leak theory is right, what's next? Perhaps there was uh, an editorial uh, deletion here. I don't know. But there is no reference to the lab leak uh, hypothesis in this conclusion, which reads as follows. Creating a pan-coronavirus vaccine or synthesizing antibodies slightly ahead of a known outbreak still is not enough, the scientists cautioned. Quote, we don't want to just treat what's in front of us now, Stratus Cullen said, one of the uh, scientists, that's uh, Dr. Dimitri Stratus Cullen, C-U-L-L-U-N. We don't want to just treat what's in front of us now, Stratus Cullen said. I think we really need to be resilient. From an army perspective, we need to be agile. We need to adapt to the threat that we don't know that's coming, unquote. One more time, this verbiage, because is it is is the exact verbiage that Donald Rumsfeld used in connection with a terrorist threat, and that was then adapted by Peter Bashek of EcoHealth Alliance in a discussion that he had with Jeffrey Sachs, uh, who was head of the economic group from Harvard, funded by the U.S. government, uh, that was put to work for Boris Yeltsin and drove the Russian economy back to the Stone Age. Again, this is that exact same phraseology. Uh, Demetra Stratus Cullen says, We don't want to just treat what's in front of us now, Stratus Cullen said. I think we really need to be resilient. From an army perspective, we need to be agile. We need to adapt to the threat that we don't know that's coming, 
that is Donald Rumsfeld's precise verbiage and echoed by Peter Bashak. The likelihood this generation will see another pandemic in its lifetime is high, Mojirab said, well, again, one of the developing physicians, M-O-B-J-A-R-R-A-B. We have seen the acceleration of these pathogens and the epidemics that they precipitate. And it may not be a coronavirus. This may, may not be the big one. There may be something that's more transmissible and more deadly ahead of us, unquote. We have to think more broadly, not just about COVID-19, not just about coronavirus, but all emerging infectious threats coming into the future, he said. Again, no reference to the lab leak theory, but I think it is not a reach to see this as foreshadowing deadlier things in the future. And are they, in fact, cooking up some of those deadly things? Is this pan-corona vaccine being developed uh, part of that uh, incipient offensive program? Well, stay tuned. We will find out. And the coronavirus, uh, the COVID-19, comes in the context of a whole lot of other things, not only the destabilization effort in Hong Kong that we've spoken about at great length, the destabilization effort in Xinjiang province that we've spoken about, the multi-layered trade war against China, uh, the tech sanctions against uh, Chinese companies and officials, and the withdrawal of the U.S. and the intermediate-range missile treaty so they can build up uh, offensive missiles uh, to be uh, based against China, tremendous naval war games involving U.S. fleets and uh, U.S. ships, I should say, fleet elements with Japanese, Indian, British, and Australian and South Korean uh, naval units, again, operating in close proximity to China. We have the forecast uh, by uh, the event 201, including April Haynes in October of 2019. Look out, there's going to be a worldwide pandemic, possibly including a, a coronavirus. And then right on cue, we've got the very bat-born coronavirus is being studied and financed by DARPA and uh, in part through uh, EcoHealth Alliance, financed mostly by Pentagon and USAID, through WIV and elsewhere in China. And lo and behold, a bat-borne coronavirus pandemic emerges. Uh, that is asking an awful lot for happenstance or for coincidence. I'll conclude the program with... Uh, a brief element in uh, For the Record 1174, among other programs, as well as For the Record 456, we look, took a look at uh, William Luther Pierce's forecast in 1998 that uh, there would be attacks by bin Laden, possibly on the World Trade Center and involving biological warfare, noting that the Turner Diaries that he authored uh, has at its climactic episode a low-level suicide aerial attack on the Pentagon, and that one of the things that the Orbiter Group does uh, in the Turner Diaries is to destroy a 100-story skyscraper 
in New York City. Of course, that's just a novel, and I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist from California. We all know that couldn't happen in real life. That, again, discussed in For the Record 456. There is another episode in the Turner Diaries, as reported in Wikipedia.com. The Nazi group that takes over the country and launches this is called the Order or the Organization. What happens in the Turner Diaries? The organization attacks China with nuclear, chemical, radiological, and biological weapons, which rendered the entire continent of Asia uninhabitable and life with, quote, mutants, unquote. Of course, again, I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist from California, and the Primer Diaries is just a novel. We know that there could be no world war involving an attack on China like that, don't we? This concludes for the record program number 1191, the Oswald Institute of Virology, Part 10, a politically useful tool being recorded on July 7th of 2021. I'm Dave Emery. Have fun.